Hey, it's Shannon Ballard. Your Southern Mysteries is an independent podcast. It's made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. So if you'd like to help, you can join Southern Mysteries on Patreon and you get a little something in return. You can hear more than 60 episodes in the Southern Mysteries archive, and you also have an option to support the show and hear exclusive monthly episodes that are new this year called The Lesser Knowns, stories of lesser-known figures related to major historical events. Join me on Patreon today and catch up on all the episodes you haven't heard at patreon.com slash southernmysteries. It's been said buildings have two lives, the one imagined by its maker and the life it lives afterward. In 1872, architect Peter Williamson was commissioned to design a classical style church in downtown Cleveland, Tennessee. At the time, Williamson had been moving toward what was known as architectural transformation Following the Civil War, the classical Gothic and Greek Revival architectural styles that were inspired by the church and reflected reason and order were less appealing to Williamson. He was increasingly interested in the Second Empire style that reflected man as the master of space in control of his own destiny. Williamson was approached by a wealthy businessman John Craig Miles, who expressed his desire to build a church in memory of his daughter, who died in a tragic accident one year earlier. Williamson honored the wishes of Craig Miles to build a Gothic Revival church designed in 1873 that still stands in downtown Cleveland. Its Gothic architecture and the story behind the church make this structure one of Williamson's finest works. Along with the marble mausoleum he designed that stands just behind the church. The mausoleum is home to one of Tennessee's strangest mysteries. Welcome to Southern Mysteries, exploring history and mysteries of the American South. I'm your host, Shannon Ballard. This is the mystery of the blood stained mausoleum. St. Luke's Episcopal Church in downtown Cleveland, Tennessee, has been associated with legends and haunted history for generations, but the structure and a nearby mausoleum are more mysterious than haunted. The mystery and intrigue has drawn many curious souls to the beautiful church and mausoleum in southeast Tennessee. Cleveland is situated just outside of Chattanooga, It's known as the City with Spirits in the Great Appalachian Valley. The settlement served as a trade outpost in rural Tennessee, which contributed to its growth and incorporation in 1842. By 1850, a sizable number of professionals and skilled craftsmen had settled in Cleveland, including two brothers who set about making their fortune in the new city with promise. John Henderson Craigmiles and his brother Pleasant. The Craigmiles name is still associated with many buildings in downtown Cleveland because of their success and prominence. 
the most recognizable building is the stunning St. Luke's Episcopal Church. Before the church became St. Luke's, the congregation was known as St. Albans, a mission from St. Paul's Episcopal in Chattanooga in 1867. The congregation did not have a permanent meeting place, but were thankful to Cleveland's First Presbyterian Church that allowed them to share their building for services. The congregation's permanent meeting place was constructed in the years following a heartbreaking tragedy that affected the Craigmiles family. John Craigmiles and his brother Pleasant relocated from Dalton, Georgia to Cleveland, Tennessee in 1850. The family had roots in Tennessee, so the businessmen felt the move would be a perfect business opportunity in an area that felt like home. They opened a mercantile downtown and the business flourished. Pleasant was at home in Cleveland, but John Craigmiles wanted more. He left and traveled west to California, where he spent time prospecting for gold. Now, he didn't strike it rich with gold, but the entrepreneur did come up with an idea that would make him rich. He realized there was an opportunity to make a lot of money in shipping. John Craigmiles launched a shipping line from California to Panama with a few ships and expanded from carrying supplies to carrying passengers as well. This was a gold mine for John Craigmiles until his crews turned on their captains. A coordinated mutiny of five of Craigmiles' ships led to the theft of those ships and cargo. And just like that, John Craigmiles' wealth sailed away. Now, Craigmiles was the kind of man who kept pressing forward. He chose to stick with shipping, borrowed money from one of his brothers to buy one ship and try again. That risk came with reward. By 1857, his wealth had been restored, and he returned to Cleveland, Tennessee. There, he met Adelia Thompson, the daughter of Dr. Gideon Thompson. The courtship led to marriage on December 18, 1860. Within a year of their marriage, the Civil War began. John Craig Miles was drafted to the Confederate Army, but chose to pay someone to substitute for him. Craig Miles' keen business mind caught the attention of Judah Benjamin, the Confederate Secretary of State, who appointed Craig Miles as the Chief Commissary Agent for the South. And he was known to take advantage of the appointment, likely because he was one of many leaders in Bradley County, Tennessee, who initially opposed secession and the war. He was an enterprising businessman who negotiated the sale of certain goods and turned a profit for himself. He'd buy meat at eight cents a pound, turn around, sell it to the Confederate Army for 14 cents a pound. In the end, the Civil War secured John Craigmile's wealth. He also made a wise decision in choosing to trade only in gold, never paper money. When the Confederacy surrendered in 1865, the money they printed in Richmond essentially became worthless. This was one of the reasons so many Southern businessmen were financially ruined by the Civil War, but not John Craigmile's. John and Adelia Craigmiles emerged from the war with greater wealth, 
John became principal owner of the First National Bank of Cleveland and founded the First National Bank of Chattanooga. And John and Adelia Craigmal's greatest joy in life was their daughter, Nina. Born in August 1864, Nina was known to be delightfully spoiled by her parents and grandparents. She was greatly loved, and the family had the money to spend on the little girl, who got everything she wanted. Nina Craigmiles was particularly close to her grandfather, Dr. Thompson. If you were in downtown Cleveland, you'd often catch a glimpse of Dr. Thompson walking around with Nina, and she was often seen in his carriage when he made his medical calls. On October 18th, 1871, Dr. Thompson picked up Nina in his carriage so she could join him on his rounds. Rain began to fall, and one of Dr. Thompson's horses was said to rear up when it heard thunder or a train coming. Dr. Thompson was thrown from the carriage but survived. Nina Craigmiles was thrown onto the tracks, and the coming train could not stop. She died instantly. The death of seven-year-old Nina devastated her family, and all of Cleveland was shaken. A local minister wrote that a thrill of horror ran through the town. Dr. Thompson's physical injuries healed, but he felt the pain of his granddaughter's death as deeply as her parents. Their shock was evident during Nina's funeral. They could barely speak but were thankful for what seemed like the entire town showing up to support them and pay their respects. John Craig Miles and his family were devout Episcopalians. He would later say that as he sat at his daughter's funeral at a church in town, he wished he and his wife had a permanent place to worship in Cleveland, a place where the congregation could have gathered together to remember Nina. And he vowed that day he would build that church. And before Dr. Thompson died, he donated the land that would be used to build St. Luke Memorial Episcopal Church. Architect Peter Williamson was dedicated to designing and overseeing the construction of the church that honored Nina and her community. St. Luke's is a brick and stone Gothic church a cross-shaped building with three-storied towers, arched windows and doors, and a broad gabled roof that have remained unchanged since its completion in 1873. The church, its parish house, and a Gothic mausoleum just behind the church span an entire block of downtown Cleveland, Tennessee. All in, John Craigmouse spent nearly $50,000 of his money to fund the construction of these structures. Today, that would be the equivalent of a little over $1 million. St. Luke's was consecrated on the third anniversary of Nina's death, October 18th, which happened to be St. Luke's Day. Legend says John Craigmouse threw away the only key to the front door. His desire was that St. Luke's be open to everyone forever. Immediately after construction was completed on the church, work began on the Craigmiles Mausoleum. Mausoleums have been used for thousands of years, 
The term comes from King Masulis, who ruled in Asia Minor. His above-ground tomb was commissioned before his death and completed by his wife, Artesmia. The mausoleum at Halicarnassus is considered one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. In the 15th century, it was destroyed by an earthquake. Before it fell into ruins, the top of the mausoleum featured a 25-foot-high sculpture made of marble and depicted Masulis riding in a chariot pulled by four horses, a grand display of remembrance. The Craigmiles Mausoleum was constructed from marble imported from Italy. The walls are four feet thick. Inside of the tomb are six burial shelves built into the walls. In the middle of the mausoleum is a marble sarcophagus. A cross sits at the top of the tomb's 37-foot marble spire. When Nina Craigmiles was killed in 1871, she was buried at Fort Hill Cemetery. Once the mausoleum was completed, the Craigmiles arranged to have Nina's body placed in the sarcophagus. At the time St. Luke's Church was consecrated, Adelia Craigmiles was heavily pregnant. By November 1873, Adelia gave birth to a baby boy. The precious gift and hope of new life was gone within hours. The unnamed baby was buried in the mausoleum with his sister. Soon after both of the Craig Miles children were placed in the mausoleum, a groundskeeper noticed crimson streaks appeared in the marble around the door and mantel. Attempts were made to remove the stains, but the eerie crimson streaks always returned. And some people said it looked like blood. The crimson streaks became noticeably darker with the interment of each member of the Craig Miles family. Seemingly representative of the tragic loss of their daughter and tragedies that followed. In January 1899, John Craig Miles was walking in downtown Cleveland when he stepped on a patch of ice and fell. He seemed fine, other than pain in one of his hands. Within one week, John Craig Miles died from a rare case of blood poisoning brought on by an infection he developed as a result of the fall. Newspaper headlines told of the severe and shocking loss of a pillar of the community who was generous, always held out a hand to the poor, and invested in education. After Nina's death, John Craig Miles helped reopen the Cleveland Female Institute that had fallen into disarray after the Civil War. John Craig Miles was interred in the family mausoleum. His will stated he wished to be buried in the lower hand catacomb in the mausoleum where sleeps the ashes of our darling little Nina. By September 1928, Adelia Thompson had remarried and remained in Cleveland. She was crossing a downtown street when she was tragically struck and killed by a car. She, too, was laid to rest in the mausoleum. There they remain, along with those crimson stains around the door and mantle of what has become known as the Bloody Mausoleum. 
people believed the mausoleum was literally bleeding, a reflection of the tragedies associated with those laid to rest inside. For generations, attempts have been made to clean away those crimson stains that should not be there. Yet today, if you visit the mausoleum, you will see those mysterious crimson stains. No one has ever been able to identify exactly why those stains appeared. The legend of the bloody mausoleum has drawn many curious children to play around the tomb. Many a child has run from the crypt telling stories of a ghostly apparition of a girl in 1800s-style clothing. Adults have reported hearing crying coming from inside the mausoleum. Locals believe those cries are from Nina, who wants to come out and play with her visitors. In 1950, the Tennessean featured the Elegy in Marble, detailed weird legends that had taken hold with some locals. Then-rector of St. Luke's, Dr. William Boardman, and his wife, Anne, often heard a knock on the parish house door. When they answered, they would find someone asking to see the little girl they kept pickled in alcohol. Mrs. Boardman was met with this request just weeks after they moved into the parish house. She explained she would ask if people really believed a little girl was preserved in alcohol on the premises. And over and over, she would hear that everyone in town knows the little girl in the mausoleum had been preserved in alcohol. And if you begged enough or bribed the members of the house, they would open the crypt for a macabre tour. All John Craigmiles wished when he commissioned the construction of the church and mausoleum was a memorial to his daughter that Nina Craigmiles never be forgotten. Sadly, her memory was overshadowed by the mystery of the mausoleum where she and her family were laid to rest. The stained mausoleum continues to puzzle people to this day. One theory of how that stain appeared is associated with limestone. Marble originates from limestone deposited in warm, shallow water. The red streaks could represent impurities deposited with the original rock, the limestone, that were oxidized when the sediment was exposed, appearing as rusty and crimson stains on the marble. Those stains draw many people to Cleveland, Tennessee, and the Gothic church built in memory of a little girl who died too soon. Now, the Craigmiles had wished to place another tribute to Nina inside St. Luke's. A large statue of their daughter was to be installed near the altar. A marble plaque with the text of Nina's final Sunday school text from St. Luke would have been placed alongside that statue that was sculpted by an Italian artist. The artist did complete his masterpiece, but the ship carrying the statue from Italy was lost at sea. Years after St. Luke's was built, a parish tradition began with children. Friends of Nina Craigmiles, who had known her 
and mourned her loss. Each year on Easter Sunday Eucharist, children at St. Luke's flowered a cross. When the service ended, the children carried that cross and more flowers to the mausoleum, or Nina, a tradition that has continued. Most years on Easter Sunday, the Craig Miles Mausoleum is unlocked and the public allowed to enter to pay their respects. A tradition that reflects the truth of that saying, buildings have two lives, the one imagined by its maker and the life it lives afterward. Southern Mysteries is created and hosted by me, Shannon Ballard. You can view photos of St. Luke Episcopal Church and more about this episode in the show notes at southernmysteries.com. Special thanks to all of my Southern Mysteries patrons who help make this independent podcast possible, including newest patrons Cassandra from Weirton, West Virginia, David from Bunky, Louisiana, Pam from Highlands Ranch, Colorado, Megan from LaGrange, Tennessee, and David from Christiansburg, Virginia. Now, when you join them and all of our Southern Mysteries patrons on Patreon, you get access to monthly bonus content called Southern Mystery Shorts. You can support the show now and catch up on all those episodes at patreon.com slash Southern Mysteries. And remember, I'm always open to suggestions of stories to feature on the show. So if you have a suggestion, send it to me via the Southern Mystery socials, or you can email me. The links are here in the show notes, or just search for Southern Mysteries podcast on your socials. Thanks for listening. There might be another star.